Part One of Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by David Wales. Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart by Herbert F. Peiser. Part One. Preface mozart's earthly career was so poignantly short yet so filled with incalculable achievement that the author of this booklet finds himself confronted with an impossible task he has consequently preferred to outline as best he could in the space at his disposal a few successive details of a life that was amazingly crowded with incident early triumphs and subsequent crushing tragedies rather than to consider let alone evaluate the staggering creative abundance the master bequeathed mankind it is scarcely necessary to disclaim for this thumbnail sketch any new slant or original illumination if it moves any reader to renew his acquaintance with the standard biographies of the composer or better still to deepen his artistic enrichment by a study of modern interpretations of contemporary mozart scholars like alfred einstein and bernard Paumgartner, its object will be more than achieved beginning if the mozartian family tree was nothing like the prodigious trunk of the box it was still not without striking features there were mozarts in south germany as far back as the end of the sixteenth century and as remotely as the thirteenth the name stood on a document in cologne to be sure various spellings of mozart existed in those distant times it appeared as mosshard mozart mozart and in still other variants bernard paumgartner director of the salzburg mozarteum thinks it derived from the old german root mod or muet from which came the word mut courage be this as it may german mozarts were anything but exceptional a couple of hundred years before leopold mozart or his son wolfgang came into the picture in augsburg there was an anton mozart who painted landscapes in the manner of bruegel another mozart from the same town one johann michael was a sculptor who in sixteen eighty seven moved to vienna and became an austrian citizen but of all these mosshards motards and the rest only one the mason apprentice david mozart born in the village of fersi close to augsburg really belongs to our story the augsburger bürgerbuch of sixteen forty three mentions him and sets his fortune at one hundred florins by his marriage with the jungfer maria nageler he was to become the great-great-grandfather of the creator of don giovanni in the fullness of time david's grandson johann georg abandoned the occupation of his forebears for that of a bookbinder his second wife blessed him with two daughters and six sons one of these sons franz alois gained a kind of immortality as the father of maria anna tekla wolfgang's cousin the basil to whom he wrote that series of notoriously smutty letters with which this lively young lady's name is eternally linked 
johann georg's firstborn johann georg leopold became for posterity simply leopold mozart composer of arid music author of a celebrated violin method and father of wolfgang and of maria anna walpurga ignacia whom the world remembers almost solely as nannerl it is nannerl incidentally that we have to look for a sort of continuation of the mozart line down almost to our own time on january ninth nineteen nineteen there died in the feldhof insane asylum near graz the seventy-seven-year-old berta forster a great-granddaughter of nannerl who had lived on in salzburg till eighteen twenty nine highly revered because of her exalted kinship early life in salzburg what brought leopold mozart to salzburg in the first place a choir singer in the augsburg church of st ulrich and a graduate of the augsburger jesuit lyceum he seemed to be shaping for a priestly career he did not at all events follow the bookbinder's trade like his brothers alfred einstein finds it difficult to grasp why he should have preferred salzburg to munich or ingolstadt for an orthodox theological education possibly a suggestion of the canons of st ulrich had something to do with it whatever the reason he enrolled at the university in the town of the salzach july twenty second seventeen thirty eight there he studied philosophy logic and music understood latin composed passion cantatas and instrumental works acquired some proficiency on the violin and obtained a smattering of legal knowledge five years later he became fourth violinist in the court orchestra of the archbishop but he maintained his close family connections with augsburg and later encouraged his son not to relax these ties it is not quite certain when he met anna maria pertel whose father was superintendent of a clerical institution at st gilgen on the nearby wolfgang see in the fall of seventeen seventy two he wrote her from milan it was twenty-five years ago i think that we had the sensible idea of getting married one which we had cherished for many years all good things take time anna maria was her husband junior by a year jan questions if she rose in any way above the average woman of her type a good provincial she had not the suspicious mistrustful qualities of leopold she lacked intellectual depth but she was a good wife and affectionate mother a genuinely lovable creature a receptacle of all the community gossip and local tittle-tattle she judged with an eye just as friendly as her husband's was critical and sarcastic and from his mother wolfgang inherited his gaiety and some of his more incorrigible hanswurst characteristics though the mozart couple had seven children only two of these survived infancy nannerl the fourth and her great brother who came last wolfgang was born on january twenty seventh seventeen fifty six at eight o'clock in the evening in the house belonging to lorenz hagenauer on the narrow getreide gaza salzburg the very next morning the newcomer whose birth came near costing the mother's life was carried to church and baptized with the name johannes chrysostomus wolfgangus theophilus the last in honor of his godfather johann theophilus pergmeier subsequently the greek theophilus was changed to its more euphonious latin equivalent amadeus 
wolfgang like the other mozart children was at first nourished with water instead of milk according to a preposterous superstition of the time we have to thank the good health of the infant that he did not succumb as did most of the other mozart offspring and even withstood later illnesses a sensitive and affectionate lad wolfgang was extraordinarily devoted to his parents especially to his father despite leopold's humourless and obstinate nature next to god comes papa was a childhood expression of the boy to be sure the inflexible martinet commanded a certain respect by reason of his very genuine love for his family and his determination to rear his children according to what he considered their best interests but he seemed unable to rise above his middle-class prejudices and when all is said his attitude toward his son was like that of a conventional victorian father who guided the footsteps of his son according to his lights yet refused to permit him any freedom whatever for explorations of his own all the same leopold could be self-sacrificing in the interest of his children and therein lay one of the saving features of an unlovable character it was one of his merits to have perceived at once the musical predispositions of his children to have cultivated them even to have grasped early the most advantageous ways of exploiting them nannerl was by no means slow in showing uncommon aptitude for music and leopold lost no time in embarking upon her training wolfgang in his cradle listened to his sister's lessons in the adjoining room and we can only surmise what mystical instincts vibrated in the childish consciousness he was hardly more than three when these impelled him to the keyboard there to search for consonant intervals and to shout with delight when he discovered and sounded thirds he had an abnormally refined and sensitive hearing was distressed by impurities of pitch and perturbed by any violence of sound who does not remember the story of the child mozart fainting on hearing the tone of a trumpet we are told that he was very soon able to play light piano pieces without any signs of effort and to memorize and perform them without notes cleanly and in perfect time in less than half an hour nor was the violin unfamiliar to him and though he is not supposed to have started his studies on that instrument till his sixth year nissen tells that a certain herr von Moer heard wolfgang play the violin at four leopold mozart's chief trouble lay not in making his son practice but in getting him away from the piano music occupied his waking hours almost exclusively and for the customary games and amusements of childhood the boy showed little interest or if it was a question of fun it had to be in some way associated with music before putting him to bed in the evening his father would stand him on a chair to give him a good-night kiss whereupon the child would declaim italian nonsense syllables like organia figastafa and such to some scrap of folk-tune as if imitating an opera-singer then he would return his father's caresses kissing him on the tip of his nose and promising when he grew up to enclose him in a capsule and carry him about at all times in later years leopold reminisced in a letter to his son when you sat at the piano or otherwise occupied yourself with music nobody was allowed to joke with you in any way 
indeed the expression on your face would become so serious that many struck by what they considered your prematurely ripened talent feared that your life might be short fears that were to be only too well founded and when barely six he stubbornly refused to play before any audience that did not include at least one musically cultured listener abraham mendelssohn used to say that whereas he had once been famous as the son of his father he was now celebrated as the father of his son leopold mozart was most indisputably the father of his son his juiceless compositions his violin method and the rest of his dreary talents and moral virtues have a kind of museum value only as they contributed to wolfgang's artistic upbringing and guidance alfred einstein observes that the first signs of musical talent in wolfgang completely changed the direction of leopold's life and thought unquestionably it was better so and in the long run he was far more richly rewarded for cultivating the fruitful soil committed to his tillage systematic piano instruction was the first thing on which he seems to have concentrated composition was a by-product wolfgang improved unceasingly which meant that numerous minuets and simple pieces of various types took shape under his fingers the father writing down industriously what his son's fancy dictated nannerl extemporized no less actively leopold spurred his children by acquainting them with short works by himself and recognized musicians to divert them after dry technical exercises each had a little study-book of pieces the one that wolfgang received from his father on october thirty one seventeen sixty two has come down to us complete and contains a hundred and thirty-five examples for study among them wolfgang tried his hand at brief works of his own in the father's writing we can read the following die wolfgango mozart may eleventh seventeen sixty two und julie sixteen seventeen sixty two some of the masters given the boy to study were wagenseil telemann haas and philipp emanuel bach wolfgang's compositions include an innocent minuet and trio with very simple basses and a little allegro and three-part song form in these and other childish efforts the improving hand of leopold can be repeatedly detected it was to be so for some time to come and when the father did not have a correcting finger in the pie we become aware of it it is evident in a sketch-book wolfgang was given in london a year or two later when leopold fell ill and in order not to be disturbed by the sounds of practising asked the boy to write something and refrain from noise the book is filled with a great variety of minuets contradances rondos gigues sicilianos preludes and even an unfinished sketch for a fugue here one sees indisputable genius in conflict with technical lapses and other evidences of inexperience that somewhat modify the notion that wolfgang had acquired all his skill by instinct rather than by carefully disciplined study first visit to vienna 
the five-year-older nannerl being a remarkable clavier performer and wolfgang absorbing his father's instructions with the utmost facility leopold was not long in deciding that he might profitably bring his pair of prodigies before the public and make them known in aristocratic circles where he had a good chance of capitalizing on their talents besides there were new artistic currents astir in the world to which the boy in particular might be exposed to his advantage if ever i knew how priceless time is for youth i know it now and you know that my children are used to work he wrote to h hagenauer insisting he had no idea of permitting the youngsters to fall into habits of idleness he seems to have given little thought to the strain of travel especially since the children were healthy and wolfgang though small appears to have been of wiry physique so in january seventeen sixty two he took them on a three weeks excursion to munich where they appeared before the elector maximilian of bavaria with success the following september however the family began their travels in earnest with a small clavier strapped to their vehicle the little band of wanderers set out along the danube by way of linz and several smaller localities to vienna by october sixth they had reached the capital and they drank in its wonders with the astonished eyes of small-town folk a week later they stood in the presence of the music-loving empress maria theresa and her family and court at the palace of schoenbrunn the children played and were admired and duly rewarded there have come down to us a quantity of pretty anecdotes about the pair how wolfgang climbed up in the lap of the empress and was kissed by her how he insisted on having the composer georg christian wagenseil in the room when he was to play because he understands such things how when he slipped on the polished floor and was helped to his feet by the princess marie antoinette he thanked her and then added i shall marry you for this when i grow up unquestionably the motherly tenderness of maria theresa went out to the child from salzburg yet it is a question whether she actually saw in wolfgang and his sister more than a pair of precocious little people in spite of leopold's extravagant claims certainly she was less agreeable several years later when she wrote her son the archduke ferdinand governor-general of lombardy who contemplated taking wolfgang into his service i do not know why you need saddle yourself with a composer or useless people it discredits your service when such individuals run about the world like beggars at all events leopold was voluble in the letters he wrote to his salzburg landlord hagenauer about the wonders of the vienna visit and the impression exercised everywhere by wolfgang's talents and his lively intelligence and unaffected manner leopold built towering air castles two weeks later wolfgang came down with what was said to be scarlet fever but which was actually according to bernhard baumkautner diagnosed by a german doctor felix huch as erythema nodosum which could have had serious consequences and may have planted the seeds of mozart's last illness before returning to salzburg leopold accepted the invitation of a hungarian magnate to make a flying trip to neighboring pressburg after wolfgang had recovered finally on january five seventeen sixty three the mozarts came home to salzburg 
it is uncertain how much musical stimulation wolfgang obtained from this first viennese visit the one important event in vienna at this period the premiere of gluck's orfeo went unmentioned by either wolfgang or his father however the success of the trip whetted leopold's appetite for more of the same thing after a brief period for recuperation plans were laid for a much more elaborate odyssey to include nothing less than paris and london on june ninth seventeen sixty three consequently the family carriage set out for the bavarian frontier the same road by which leopold mozart then a hopeful student had wandered into salzburg this trip was to keep the mozarts away from home for three years success in paris and london the celebrity tour began strictly speaking in munich where the pair of prodigies performed with sensational success before the bavarian elector maximilian the third who wished to hear the young people soon and often but leopold was out for bigger game and wanted incidentally to exhibit his wonder children to his relatives in augsburg before proceeding to world conquests besides old acquaintances the herr kapellmeister had the good luck to present his gifts of god to the noted italian violinist pietro nardini then concertmaster of the court orchestra of stuttgart and to the italian composer worthy niccolo jomelli who was struck by wolfgang's abilities but against whom the mistrustful leopold harboured various unjust suspicions in schwetzingen the mozarts had the first opportunity to hear the then unrivalled mannheim orchestra which was to play a significant part in wolfgang's development he and his sister were put through all their paces as the weeks went by besides playing and improvising they were made to perform all manner of showy stunts wolfgang had to name tones and chords sounded on keyboards covered with a cloth as well as guess the exact pitch of bells glasses and clocks the travellers went on to bonn cologne and aachen where lived the princess amalia sister of frederick the great whose pressing invitations to berlin left leopold cold as soon as he realized she had no money he reflected that the kisses without number which she gave the children would have pleased him better if they had had cash value finally after further progress through the low countries the little band reached paris where the father discovered that most of his letters of recommendation and introduction amounted to little only when they were taken in charge by the bavarian-born baron melchior grimm a literary figure of some distinction did results begin to shape themselves a first-rate publicity man grimm launched a campaign for the youngsters in his correspondence littéraire with the result that doors promptly opened and invitations began to pour in on new year's eve seventeen sixty four the mozarts were asked to a grand couvert at the court in versailles wolfgang stood next to the queen who fed him dainties and translated for the king louis the fifteenth what the boy said to her in german the great madame pompadour was on hand and the elder mozart noted that she must once have been a great beauty for all her present stoutness later when wolfgang offered to give her a kiss she drew back whereupon the boy indignantly asked who does she think she is anyhow our empress herself did not refuse to kiss me 
leopold was careful to note the countless features of the parisian scene for one thing the abundance of make-up on the faces of the french women was something to revolt an honest german he saw eye to eye with baron grimm in his preference for italian over french music declaring that the latter was not worth a farthing wolfgang was eventually to share his distaste for french customs french art even the french language leopold brought his son to the attention of several prominent german musicians who happened to be in paris such as johann schobert gottfried eckhardt and leancy hanauer all of whom registered appropriate astonishment and presented the children with some of their own compositions suitably inscribed four sonatas for clavier with ad libitum violin parts by wolfgang were printed and on the title-page it was duly noted that their author was only seven years old for all their charm and freshness these works clearly betray the improving touch of leopold on april twenty three seventeen sixty four after an easy channel crossing the mozarts arrived in london where the children were announced as miss mozart of eleven and master mozart of seven years of age prodigies of nature the hon danes barrington subjected the boy to scientific tests which demonstrated that his talents were indeed out of the ordinary the musical George the Third and Queen Charlotte received them at St. James's Palace on April 27. A few weeks later there was another concert before the royal couple, when the king asked Wolfgang to play at sight pieces by Wagenseil, Johann Christian Bach, Handel, and Karl Friedrich Abel. The monarch praised the lad's performance on the organ even more than on the clavier, and had him accompany the queen in a song and improvise a melody on a figured bass of Handel's. Leopold wrote home that what his son knew now completely overshadowed his earlier abilities. At a charity concert in Ranley Gardens they made over a hundred guineas. Yet these successes did not last several concerts had to be postponed because of leopold's sudden indisposition a mental illness of george the third increased alarmingly the political situation was unfavourable and the public began to lose interest in the wonder children but apart from the sympathy wolfgang was always to feel with the english people one experience of his london sojourn really outweighed all others this was the friendship he and johann christian bach the son of johann sebastian formed for each other and the influence the older musician exercised on the creative genius beginning to blossom in the child as hermann abert has written Christian Bach signified for Mozart a blithe, elegant counterpart to Schobert by virtue of the modernized Italianism that came to pervade his style. The gallant manner, the fresh, playful rhythms of his finales, and the relaxation modifying the dry composition technique of Leopold's are elements for which Mozart is deeply indebted to the London Bach wolfgang's earlier symphonies and piano music make it plain how much he looked upon johann christian as his model and how fully this master was the chief inspiration of that singing allegro that became a hallmark of the mature mozart 
not only for his boyhood symphonies and sonatas but for his piano concertos was wolfgang obliged to his great london friend his earliest clavier concertos are largely copies or rearrangements of the concertos and sonatas of johann christian as of schobert hanauer and similar masters from these seeds came those glorious fruits of concerto literature that stand among his grandest and most original achievements leopold had overstayed his leave from his salzburg post but he seemed in no hurry about returning to it he had originally planned to go home by way of italy since an italian trip was regarded as an indispensable finishing touch to an artistic education at the beginning of august seventeen sixty five the mozarts landed once more on the continent both father and son fell ill and then narnerl came down with pneumonia and was actually given the last rites wolfgang scarcely convalescent from a siege of fever composed a medley for piano and orchestra a quadlibet of popular tunes the gallimatias musicum a thing of rough humours revealing in its contrapuntal workmanship the tastes and teachings of his father variations on a dutch patriotic song six sonatas for violin and piano a mellifluous symphony in b flat and various other trifles indicate that sickness was not regarded as a valid excuse for idling paris to which they returned in may seventeen sixty six seemed less stirred by the prodigies than it had been on the earlier visit though prince karl wilhelm of brunswick on hearing wolfgang exclaimed in amazement many a kapellmeister dies without ever having learned anything like what this child knows in july they left the french capital and arrived in salzburg the last day of november seventeen sixty six laden with gifts and rich in glowing memories a considerable quantity of new music from wolfgang's pen filled their luggage the artist was supplanting the prodigy wolfgang had seen something of the world and had made many valuable contacts the archbishop sigismund von schrottenbach skeptical of the brilliant reports he had heard asked him to compose a cantata die schuldigkeit des ersten gebotes and isolated him for a week to see how much truth there was in all the talk end of part one